Welcome! The University of Central Florida's Office of Diversity and Inclusion brings you Matters of Diversity with Dr. B. With your host, Dr. S. Kent Butler. And her guests, Dr. Jensen, Dr. Rivera, and Ms. Hand. This show is brought to you by UCF Foundation. Thank you. Hotep, and welcome to today's Matters of Diversity with Dr. B. Um, today, I'm really excited because we're going to be talking with Dr. Devin Jensen. He serves as the Associate Dean of the College of Graduate Studies. He oversees all graduate student recruitment and admissions here at UCF. His background in higher education leadership inhales from Calgary, Canada. And last but not least, we have Dr. Fernando Rivera. And he is a professor of sociology and director of the Puerto Rican Research Hub here at UCF. He has previously served as the interim assistant vice provost for faculty excellence, UCF global faculty fellow and provost faculty fellow. His research interests and activities are in sociology of health, medical, sociology, disasters, and race and ethnicity. He earned his MA and PhD in sociology from the University of Nebraska-Lincoln and his BA degree in sociology from the University of Puerto Rico. And he'll have to tell you what that other word is, Maya Grace. Um, so we will bring them all on and, and get an opportunity to talk with them. So come on in, Devin, Courtney, and Fernando. Excellent. So. As I said to you all, this is just a fun day today to kind of just relieve ourselves from the holiday experiences that we've had. Um, one of the things that really um, has been, uh, I guess, uh, on my mind is like how we survived 2020, you know? Mm -hmm. This is December 30th and we are actually, you know, at the end of it, right, 2020. And you know, in a couple of days, um, we'll be able to bring in the new year. But I'm just wondering, just from the sense of it all, how are you doing and how has this year been for you? Um, this lockdown, this UCF lockdown, this whatever we call it. Um, let me start off with you, Devin. Well, uh, hi, Dr. Butler. <laughs> Devin. Hey, good to see you. So, um, you know, in the, in the College of Graduate Studies and, and the team that I'm kind of responsible for, we were actually really lucky in that um, previous to everything kind of happening at the university and responsibilities to go remote, um, uh, probably about eight months to nine months before that, we had started training on working remotely um, and okay. everything kind of set up in place. There are times in the year where it's really busy in the College of Graduate Studies where we get lots of applications that have to be processed. And so we had many of our staff had to kind of work overtime. And so we set up infrastructures to allow them to be able to work from home so that they could continue on with their responsibilities. So in actuality, the transition to working remotely, although this has been a lot more long-term than we're used to, um, we already had all the infrastructure in place. So that transition was actually fairly easy for us. Um, so that was a really good, I don't know if it was foresight or, or what, I think that's made this uh, time period uh, 
a little less stressful than it could have been. Wow. Um, so, so that's been, that's been, we're, we've been really fortunate on that side of the end. So that's helped us to get through this year fairly, uh, fairly seamless. Unscathed, right? You haven't been, uh, been abused to, to abuse by this process so far. <laughs> that's How right. about you all? Uh, Fernando, has it been as easy for you in your transition? Uh, well, I was I was able to sneak in a, a trip to Hawaii before everything. Where? <laughs> Hawaii. So I went to Oahu, and I love to travel. And it's this year has been a reflection of how much I miss traveling and seeing yeah. other places and all the cultures, all the people, and and how they're dealing with this. And you know, it's it's it's, it's been especially hard. Uh, you know, the situation. I'm, you know, I was born, raised in Puerto Rico, have family there, and I have been unable to visit because of the restrictions that are in place. How did you get from Nebraska? I mean, how did you get from Puerto Rico to Nebraska? So that was the National Science Foundation. Uh, NSF is responsible for me going to Nebraska. Uh, so in my junior year at the University of Puerto Rico, my OS, which uh, you didn't do too bad uh, with, the, with the pronunciation out there. Uh, so I had, a, I had a choice. I had applied to another program uh, that the American Sociological Association had. It was the Minority Opportunities to School Transformation Program, the MOST program. Um, and I was slated to go to Penn State. That was sort of the university. I had interview for it. And then sort of the PIs of the university said, well, you're a junior and this program is for sophomores. Oh, wow. uh, but don't, 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 don't panic. Uh, <laughs> we'll find something. And NSF had one of those uh, research uh, uh, undergrad experiences uh in nebraska and it happened to be nebraska happened to be in 1995 uh the huskers had just won the national championship so it was an exciting time to be in nebraska it was a great summer although it was it was the heat wave summer uh out there that was you know imagine waking up at night in the in the morning and it's 115 degrees uh, in wow. the middle of uh, a great nation out here. So that's how I ended up in Nebraska, right? I had a, I had a great summer. Uh, the faculty was great that summer. I got, you know, sort of a preview of things that were to come. It was summer. Uh, I didn't get the preview of the winter uh, for <laughs> an island-born uh, person. That was uh, the, the, the hardest part. But it was, it was a, a great learning opportunity. They took a chance on me. Uh, and I still up, up to this day, I visit Nebraska very often. Uh, and I'm proud to be an alumni out here. And I have a souvenir, which is my 18 year old son uh, that I got from Nebraska. So I, I have a- you got from Nebraska? What happened? You purchased a, a son in Nebraska? That was <laughs> Well, he was born in Nebraska. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah. that's, a, that's my little uh, lifetime souvenir that I have with him. But, uh, you know, I think we, with this transition to, to doing more, uh, virtual type of events is giving me the opportunity to have a wider reach out here. So, yeah. you know, the, the issue of sometimes you have to travel and it takes a little bit longer, the logistics, the economics of it. Uh, so I, I've been I've been very active in giving talks to different groups uh, here in town and, you know, back in Puerto Rico and national conferences. So that has allowed us to do that. And then, you know, we're keeping with our student researchers, you know, technology does allow to kind of like check in, see how they're doing and, 
you know, I, I'm pretty sure all of us are zoom out. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, it, it has allowed us uh, to, to try and do different things. Okay. All right. We'll come back to um, your one man shop over there in the Puerto Rican hub. Um, but I, I want to come and ask you a question there. But Courtney, about you, how you've been surviving um, this this pandemic? Yeah, well, you know, it's funny because I was just talking to a coworker of mine. We thought when this all happened in March that, okay, this might, you know, extend a little bit more than what we think, you know, maybe we will come back in, in June and instead of, you know, that original deadline they gave us in like April, yeah. then June got here and we were like, okay, well, well, you know, maybe this won't be <laughs> any sooner than, you know, maybe August, September. Uh, now we're in December, like you said, and um, back in March, I, you know, I'd I didn't didn't think it would you know extend down to December 2020, but but here we are. But with that being said, I think uh, we have learned so much in this year. Uh, so much has happened. Uh, I know here in my office at you know Career Services, um, you know we we were able to kind of quickly transition. Um, like Dr. Jensen, you know, our office had been, you know, kind of playing with, you know, what does that virtual concept look like, especially when it comes to, you know, being at service for our students and, um, and kind of meeting them where they're at and location, location wise, because I know we have, you know, regional campuses here, you know, you have UCF online, students um, are attending UCF from a little bit of everywhere. Um, so, you know, we were able to pivot, as they say, and, you know, you know, have our student appointments, have our workshops, um, and, and actually be able to reach um, a lot more students that, you know, that way, you know, than we were in, in person. Yeah. So they were, they were really, after they got adjusted, you know, after they kind of realized like, oh, wow, this is going to be here for a while. Um, <laughs> Longer than a while. <laughs> yeah. We started to pick up on that, on that population. Um, but, you know, I, I will say, you know, I, I read this meme, you know, in, in the summertime where I always thought that, you know, I was a little bit of a homebody, but I'm, I'm really, you know, where I want to be when I want to be with some preparation person body. <laughs> so um, I do miss, you know, being able to just, you know, go out without a thought to the mall or, you yeah. know, go, go shopping or, you know, you know, just go to, to different places. And, and we're learning what those different places are safely right now. Right, um, right. As a, as a mom of, of, of two, one of a school age, um, virtual learning <laughs> at home was was interesting, was a, a little bit of a, a learning curve. I feel you there. I have an eight-year-old, so I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. It, you know, it was, and, um, you know, kind of meeting the student, you know, my student, right, and my eight-year-old and our seven-year-old, he'll be eight soon, um, and their teacher between, we've had two teachers technically, at the end of the year and this year, right. Right? right? And kind of meeting them where they're at when it comes to that. But um, we've been able to, to manage and, and, and figure out some, some new things. Um, we, we are missing some old things, but um, definitely will be grateful when, you know, we can all kind of maneuver <laughs> around safely, you know, um, in the future, so. So for all of you all, when you think about, um, what life is going to look like when we get able when we are able to be back on campus full time? Um, what changes? What has this pandemic brought to our sites that um, is more beneficial than what it was before we even had the pandemic? What changes in your offices? Anything? I can I can say for us, I think we will definitely consider again um continuing the virtual concept um in in many different capacities 
Um, obviously, when we're able to see face to face, because you know a lot of us are counselors, and I think as we know, as being a counselor yourself, um, Dr. Butler, um, you love that inter interaction, right? Um, you know, with that being said, I mean, if we were able to reach um, more, um, you know, just by having that virtual option, I think that it's still going to be on the table. Um, and it just allows for a little bit more flexibility and, 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 and more to be, to be reached. Um, so that is something that we are, um, you know, that we will probably more than likely explore. Yeah. Have you been able to cut it off? You know, um, like when you leave work, you are able to kind of cut it off and know I'm done. But working from home and in that in that experience, have you been able to kind of say, okay, it's five o'clock or six o'clock or eight eight p.m. Uh, I gotta gotta shut it down. Any any of that happening for you? That's been a little hard. <laughs> I, I will say that 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 has been a little hard. It is harder to cut it off. I I will say because now it's everything is kind of at your fingertips. So. And that's kind of my, from my experience. <laughs> yeah, I remember um, early on um, saying, man, this kitchen's a little bit too close to my office. <laughs> <laughs> and trying to figure it all out. <laughs> quarantine 15 is what they're calling it, I think. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, what changes in the graduate area? Well, I think... You know, I think we've, we've come to a realization that there are, there's a lot of good things that we can do virtually. Um, and so there's things that, that have been really successful that we've done virtually. I think of our, you know, traditionally um, in September, um, the College of Graduate Studies hosts our grad fair, um, which is uh, an opportunity for all our undergraduate students to learn more about the grad programs that we have here at the University of Central Florida. Um, so this year we couldn't do it face-to-face, -face, we normally do it in the Pegasus Ballroom. Um, so we set it up and we did a, a series of uh, virtual uh, grad events. Um, and so we ended up hosting 51 different uh, kind of grad fair sessions for all the different programs across the campus um, to kind of host. And, and we have the technology within our um, admissions area to be able to host those, track all the students that attended, turn them all into prospects, um, and be able to do additional kind of marketing after the fair was over. Um, and we ended up out of those 51 sessions, we ended up having about 1500 students um, that attended all the different sessions. We also opened it up to not just, we tend to just do it for our UCF students because it's a kind of on-campus event. Right. We open it up and attract a wider range of people um, um, in the Florida region. So now, more successful than when you have it in the Pegasus? I'm sorry? More successful in terms yeah, of... Yeah, we usually have about 900 people attend. Yeah. We have about 96 uh, programs usually that show up for the event. Right. Um, so anyway, so it, it went really well. But I will say, I miss the energy of having everybody in the Pegasus ballroom, yeah. students walking around, faculty there, programs there, setting up their tables, giving out swag. Uh, th that energy uh, has a lot to be said about. And I think, you know, next year, um, if we're in a position to be able to have it, we will have the face-to-face -face event um, in the college, in the Pegasus Ballroom, but we will also supplement it with some virtual sessions because I think those were really good. 
Um, uh, so I, I think that's, uh, you know, I, I sit on the, uh, one of the committees for the Council of Grad Schools, which is the National Association of, and we're actually working on a research project where we're asking universities, we're starting to develop, asking universities, what things are you going to do, continue to do virtually? And one thing is that you had to do virtually that you're not going to do virtually anymore. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a, a big question for a lot of higher ed um, in, in asking that question. Technology allowed us to do lots of different things, but just because we can doesn't mean we should. <laughs> right, right. And I think the thing that's really important too is that um, it reaches the community differently, right? And that's so correct. Uh, exciting that you know we didn't just do it for our UCF students. Now we're we're able to kind of branch out and, and, and reach a lot more. That might even help with our recruiting um, of other students for other options. Correct. Excellent. Excellent. And Fernando, Dr. Rivera, what? How has it changed you? I think for a while, um, you know, I think I didn't wear long pants or shoes for <laughs> like five months, to be honest. <laughs> Uh, you know, so that was a plus. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I think that there's no replacement for human contact. I think, you know, we've, we've learned that. I mean, uh, there, there's certain things that, you know, we can on a temporary basis get by by this type of interaction. But I think, you know, there, there's some that simply don't have a replacement out there, right? I think it, they can be complementary to the things that we do, right? And that, I think that's been the hardest aspect of it. And especially, you know, when, when you're doing research, you know, and you have to, you know, we were supposed to, as part of our, our grant, uh, some of the grants that we had, we were supposed to do uh, focus groups and, you know, that, that, you know, doing a focus group on a Zoom meeting with people that necessarily don't know each other is a challenge. You know, yeah. this might create an opportunity, but, you know, I think in all of this, you know, we have sort of start thinking as a society, right? Of how much should we push the envelope in the way that we live, right? Uh, in terms of the schedules that we have, the transportation choices, our life choices, our hygiene choices, you know, all those type of things, you know, and, 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 and the importance of of, 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 you know, leadership in, in a sense, right? As a, as a disaster researcher, you know, how frustrating that we're not, we were not prepared to face wow. this as a nation, right? Yeah. And I think those are some of the things that, you know, it might sound nice to have somebody outside the box or somebody without experience, but when this crises do happen, you know, makes you, you know, we, we need to cherish people with expertise, right? And I think we're, lucky that we are sort of in institutions of higher learning uh, where we follow science and we follow sort of those trajectories, but not everybody has that privilege of, you know, having having that type of leadership out of here. So, I mean, there's been good things, but at the end of the day, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a reflection of, of the way we were living in. And let's say, do we put a pause on on what we were doing and get back to it, you know, in terms of, of, yeah. of, of some of the things that we're doing or uh, or we transform. And, and that's a big question, I think, for 21 and 22 uh, yeah. to see, you know, do we get back to the way we used to be or it, we use this opportunity well, to Well, I'll tell you one thing, I haven't had dress socks on since March. Um, I haven't worn dress socks and shoes since March. I, I made myself get dressed every day though. So I didn't wear shorts. Um, my wife tried to make me wear shorts um, and said, no, relaxed. but I, I was like, you know, I heard this thing early on, get dressed as if you're going to work and, 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 and go do that. So I did that, but I held off. I just wear my slippers. 
<laughs> when I leave, when I don't leave the house. When I go to campus, though, uh, um, I don't, I have not had to put on socks, um, and so that's really weird. It's, I mean, I think about you, you revolve your life around wearing clothes for work, and and some things have not seen the light of day um, since March. So it's pretty interesting in regards to that. Um, so. So we talked a little bit about what we want to go back to. Um, it's really interesting that uh, the university really adapted well to us being, you know, on this remote status, so to speak. But there's been some pushback uh, from faculty, from staff, from students with regards to that. Um, what types of things that were you hearing or are you still hearing? And what does UCF need to do to maybe get it better or, or to make changes? Anything? Yeah, I, so I'll just quickly say, so um, one of the interesting things that's happening um, at the grad school uh, level and with our graduate students is um, they are kind of in, in, a, in a, a middle space that our undergraduate students aren't in. So when we look at the classes in terms of for spring 2021, obviously we know we're going more to face-to-face -face offerings. Um, at the undergrad level, many students have a little bit more flexibility and choice, meaning that there are multiple sections that are being offered of the same course. And right. so those students that are fine coming to campus and being in a face-to-face -face environment, they can choose those classes. Those students that um, are more nervous about coming back to campus, or maybe they live with people or they themselves have um, um, you know, concerns with their health and COVID, they can pick an online section. Um, at the grad level, what we're hearing from our grad students is, in most instances, there's only one section that's being offered. And so they're in this kind of middle place where, as a program, they're trying to make decisions. Well, I, I have to offer some classes face-to-face, -face, but I know I've got students that have health concerns or are nervous. Um, how do we adjust to that? How do we meet that institutional requirement? but also how do we make accommodations for our particular students that may be a bit nervous. And a lot of programs right now are having to make some really hard choices. And there's also the reality that in that kind of middle place that many um, courses and faculty find themselves in is that they're saying, I don't have the time or the ability to be able to offer that one course both online and face-to-face -face for students. So they're having to make a hard choice. And, and we're hearing from students that, that many of them are nervous about coming back to campus, but what do they do when the class that they have to take is being offered face-to-face? Face-to-face. And, um, and not really having some type of a hybrid model where you know you can do some portions of it on campus or- Right, right, yeah. right. So that's from the student perspective. What about the faculty perspective for Dr. Rivera? Have you been hearing anything? I mean, I, I think, you know, not everybody's comfortable in front of a, of a camera, right? <laughs> or, you know, broadcasting, you know, not everybody has obviously the, the home office space as well, right? I, I, I come to, uh, I'm actually, I'm in my office at UCF because uh, I, I came to appreciate silence in a way I haven't done before, right? <laughs> so silence is premium in, in terms of that. But I think for, for some faculty, you know, sort of the idea that you're going to open up your house uh, all of a sudden, kind of like the boundaries out here. Obviously, you know, the preparation that takes out here. Obviously, you know, again, uh, it's not the same thing that you're in a face-to-face -face class and you say a comment uh, where, 
you know, it might be broadcast perhaps, but not necessarily since we're under the microscope on everything that we do, because everything that's electronic, once it's electronic, it has a life of its own and you never know how that's gonna be used. So those, those, there are those concerns also. And then, you know, respecting the boundaries of your students as well, right? right. Uh, in terms of, you know, who am I to ask you to come into your to space, right? Because uh, this is a big transactional type of uh, uh, agreement that we really did, didn't discuss, right? Uh, in terms of, yeah, come to my house, I come to your house, uh, let's have everybody come to your house out here. And this is where, you know, we had those separate spaces, right? What a classroom actually offers kind of like that neutrality where you feel a little bit more at ease in having those interactions and having sort of the, 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 the playground there for people to uh, engage in, in, in discussion. So th those are some of the, the, the issues out there in terms of that, but for other faculty, they love it, right? Uh, mm -hmm. In terms of the flexibility that it allows, uh, you know, in terms of that, they're able to take care of yeah, their children like uh, and they don't have to come to campus and try to find a parking spot or anything like that, right? So, I mean, there's there's uh, pros and cons, but that, those are some of the things that I, I've, I've heard and, and, and witnessed uh, from, from the faculty exposed, perspective. It exposed some disparities though for people. I would say, you know, you talked early on about, you know, whether you have the equipment to be working from home, right? Uh, you know, that starts to talk about whether you have children, whether you have spouse, uh, other partner, um, or so something going on in your home uh, where you can't work successfully from that perspective. And so, and, and what that looks like and, and, and taking to that into account. And so I know that there was a lot of conversations around that, you know, people saying, I need to come to campus or I, or I need to have this because I don't have the ability. The other thing that was really interesting was when people were saying, look, I need a chair or I need a desk or whatever have you. And then the university saying, mm -hmm. we can't supply you a home office. And so it's like, but I don't wanna work from my office, <laughs> from my home, you know? And so what do I do with that? Courtney, um, what are you hearing in regards to the staff side of things? Is there anything that comes up for you? Yeah, you know, um, and I think just with, you know, everybody's scenario here, there's always pros and cons, right? Um, you know, I'm, I'm coming from the student development staff side, right? So um, when it comes to student development, you know, prior to March, it was an open door policy, you know, open doors, right? From usually eight to five, our doors are open at any time you had interaction with anyone, right? And then, you know, you know, end of March happens and buildings are closed. Um, there's a whole different setup, right? To even get in contact with someone. Um, you know, it, it, everyone was still trying to figure out, um, you know, phone, you know, how we're going to pick up phone calls, you know, um, we went to a whole new phone system to do that, you know, and yeah. Um, and, you know, how are, you know, appointments going to be made? And like I said, we were kind of toying with virtual appointments anyway. So we were able to kind of transition. Um, but we do things like, you know, drop in resume critiques, right? How are we going to do the drop in process now? Um, and so this element of, you know, access was kind of taken away, you know, taken away from the student. Now, right. some students were, and again, because everybody kind of went into, she went into the shock at the same time. So everyone was just kind of get an understanding of what was going on, you know, but as students start to adapt to, all right, it's going to be this way for a little bit, 
then they were starting to, to reach out to us. You know, right. hey, I still need my resume critiqued or, hey, I still would like to go to, you know, the, um, the SARC, you know, or, hey, you know, um, are, are there going to be any sort of student involvement, anything, right? Especially when it came to um, um, introducing our freshmen in a lot coming in during the summer, right? Um, I think as far as staff is concerned, um, they were, from, from what I hear, they were very flexible. We were all very flexible to try to do what we could, um, you know, during the, parent, um, during the periods where we were, you know, like pretty much 100% quarantined all the way to where, you know, we were, we were flexible. I know we just started integrating, as you can see, I'm in my office as well. We just start integrating back into the office, man, you know, in October-ish, some of us a little bit earlier um at least at least once um a week twice a week depending on the area that you were in and, and we were we were happy to do so um you know i can speak to myself i mean i i'm an extrovert individual i love being around people like dr just was saying that energy right and like you know i kind of miss the energy just um just personally so um but obviously you have people that are still concerned about um, the state of the numbers, right? Just us being in, in, in our state and the numbers kind of going up. Um, the, you know, you know, what was the plan, right? Moving forward because there's, you know, unfortunately there can't always be like this definite plan, but that's what a lot of us were waiting for too. What's the definite plan? And if we had to pivot again, what if, right? What if certain things arise and we have to go back into quarantine? How is that going to going to look. So again, like many of you, you know, we had our pros and cons, but I, I think what really affected the, the the student is that, and the staff, is that open door policy and that access. That's cool. And I, I one of the things you brought up, I said, you know, when the resume thing was coming up, well, that's a great option for using the shared screen piece. So at least that might help out in some regards, right? Mm -hmm. But you also brought up another thing, you know, it seems like we might be coming to some closure. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to predict the date, but the vaccine is going to be coming along um, for people to be able to, to utilize and take um, if they so choose, right? Um, to be the first or somewhere in the middle or somewhere at the end. Um, uh, are you excited about the vaccine? And uh, who's taking it? Who's who's going to who's who's going to put their hand up to be one of the first ones to to kind of gravitate towards that that needle? Uh oh! It's silence. <laughs> I, I, if you have it, I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I think we're naive to think that we're gonna go back to what we left back in February or March for the foreseeable future, right? Uh, even if we had the vaccines, it's gonna take a while before. Uh, it actually kicks in. You know, the projections is about you have to have about a hundred million. Uh, to that have been taking the vaccine to really start seeing the effects of that. I think for the foreseeable future, you know, hold on to your to your mask and your sanitizer and your social distance, because uh, that that that's probably what's going to happen out here. I think eventually we're gonna you know drift it into everything, and I like everything. I think you know every emergency, you know, you get a period that. You know, you have sort of, oh, I'm going to change. I'm going to do things differently. But then you settle into patterns and it continues to happen out here. Let's see, you know, I, again, this, this wasn't unheard of. Uh, a lot of other countries throughout the world have dealt with this. 
and mm -hmm. those countries that have dealt with it before are doing relatively better than uh, ourselves out here because they have had that experience. But, you know, in terms of, 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 of the future, I don't think there's, you know, this is going to be one of the many emergencies that we are going to have to start really thinking about what we're going to do in the future out here. I think that this is just a, a, a trial period in terms of that. And, you know, it, it might take a couple of years, but, you know, I think eventually if we come into agreement on how to deal with this as a society, follow everybody, follow the rules. I think we can start going to returning to some sense of normalcy. You know, we can start traveling, we can start going out, uh, but it's, it's gonna require that we're on the same page. Well, leadership matters, right? And so I think that from the very onstart, if we have had clear directives as to what we should be doing, that we could have gotten a handle of this. And so the vaccine would have been a blessing, you know, but when I, back in March, when they were saying, oh, the vaccine won't come till middle of next year. And they were talking about May or June of 2021. And I was like, whoa, wait, that's a long time, right? Um, but now with it being right around the, the corner, um, people having had the opportunity to have taken it so far, uh, whether they be first responders or whatever have you, um, there's an excitement in the air that maybe we're, we're getting, we're moving forward, right? We're, we're, there's something that's going to happen where we can kind of maybe try to get our lives back. But again, going back to what Courtney was talking about, what part of our life do we want to go back to? And what can we really kind of embrace um, moving forward now that we've seen this, right? Now that we've seen that we can, we can kind of survive. Um, I'm an introvert, so being home was fine. Um, I was doing really well. Um, because I can, I can be by myself with no problem. Um, but I can really feel for the people who needed to be out there and have that interaction with other folks. Um, are you all Zoomed out? I've had so many Zoom meetings, I cannot even tell you. I, I think probably I have more meetings since um, this pandemic than in, when I normally have during a, a course of a week uh, <laughs> when I'm on campus. How about you all? Agreed, agreed. I think. Um... The sense of relief and you know because i know that we all obviously utilized our computers a ton when we're at work you know prior to march but i know for me you know a sense of relief was having you know co-workers that you know come into the office and you know you guys start talking and ask your question or you know you do have that meeting in the conference room uh, you, you didn't we don't have that relief the 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 chit chat is on zoom or Teams, whichever one you're using, or both. I go back and forth between the two, <laughs> you know, every day. Um, yeah. So there are days where it's taxing, you know, very taxing. And um, I've had to be intentional about the amount of meetings that I have in a day. Um, yeah. So, you know, you don't feel the uh, the mental exhaustion by, you know, five or six o'clock, whenever you're done, it just so overwhelming. I don't know how I did it. Cause I have, um, I have meetings on top of meetings on top of meetings. And uh, maybe I need to talk to somebody about that, but uh, <laughs> it's, um, it's been interesting. I haven't really zoomed out though. I really, I mean, I've been enjoying this. Um, I don't wear these as often as I should, but these are my blockers. You all have the blockers um, that kind of help you, I guess, kind of see and, I got them, but I don't use them. So it's like, I don't know what the purpose of it is. Um, I know that they, they, they make a difference when I put them on, but I don't see myself putting them on too often. Um, maybe that's vanity or something like that, but it's, uh, it's an interesting thing. So what about you, um, Devin? What's been happening um, in your world? Well, you know, obviously 
you know, in our role in the grad school, we, I work with people all across the campus. And so we have lots of Zoom meetings and, you know, the different committees that I sit on and stuff, all Zoom. I think they, you know, overall it's been, it's been pretty good. Um, I think it's allowed us to not, you know, take what's happening at a standstill. Uh, you know, as a university, we've continued to progress. We've continued to move forward. Um, I don't think it's in many instances when I look at the work that we've done because of Zoom, it hasn't caused us to stagnate and to say, okay, we're in this space. We're just going to sit here and ride it out. Right. More like we're in this space. Here's the technology that we have. Okay, let's get our job done. Let's continue to progress forward. Let's continue to recruit students. Let's continue to, you know, deal with all the admissions that happen to happen. Let's continue to offer courses. You know, I sit on the grad curriculum committee. It has not stopped our work at all. Um, you know, over the summer, for instance, we, we brought in, we had some special meetings through Zoom. Um, we introduced 13 new graduate certificate programs over the summer that were in a response to COVID. Um, and some of the challenges associated with COVID, um, leadership, that field of study. Um, so, you know, and, and when I look at the work that we do, um, it was, it was like two meetings ago, um, our agenda for the grad curriculum committee was um, 1,100 pages long. And that's new courses and new tracks and new certificates and course revisions and things like that. The technology has allowed us to continue on with our work. Um, I, you know, if, if, for instance, if this would have happened in 1990, I wonder how much we would have stagnated as an institution, for instance. Um, so that to me has been a really exciting part of it. You know, it's an ad adaptation to the work that we do, but it, what's been really good is that people have said, let's, we've got work to do. We, we're not thinking just about today. We're continuing to think three years, five years, 10 years in advance. And what do we have to do with our stuff that is at a university to continue to position ourselves for the future? Nice, nice. So let's, let's get away from COVID and about just um, just life in general. And, and I guess my question to you, and I probably should have asked it early on, is how are you doing? How are you, like, in your mental state, in your physical state, how, how are you doing? Well, I think the environment is taxing. I think I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm feeling better now, but I think probably about three or four weeks ago, I was pretty stressed. You know, I think of a lot of different things where people were saying, um, you know, I've watched so many Netflix shows, I've binge watched so many TV shows and so forth. And I'm sitting there going, when do you have time? I'm more busy than I was. Um, and so, you know, and, and we didn't have any, you know, I didn't take any breaks over the, over the summer. Um, because we had so many, you know, adaptations that we were trying to deal with, continue to progress um, with our work. So I didn't, I haven't taken any breaks whatsoever since, uh, since this kind of all started. Um, and so um, I, I think I was feeling pretty, I was starting to feel really burnt out. Um, and, and just also the responsibilities that I have in, in my role. What turned um, it around? Um, I took a couple of days off. <laughs> I finally said, okay, it's, things will be okay. I'll take a couple of days off. Actually, my daughter came down from, uh, from Canada with her uh, husband. And, you know, we had a few days together, which was uh, nice to just step back and not worry about emails and, you know, nice. the, the regular thing. So I think, 
you know, I think oftentimes because this is such a bit, so it causes so much busyness in our work that, that we're not taking the proper time to step back and, and consider the fact that, okay, the work is going to continue on. I can step back for a couple of days. Yeah. You know, if I miss a few meetings or whatever, it's, it's going to be okay. Yeah. That's cool. I wish I can do that in terms of emails and stuff like that. I find myself answering emails 10 o'clock at night and stuff like that. And people say, don't put it on your phone. And I, and I'm foolish and I have it on my phone or something like that. But anyway, Courtney, how are you, how are you um, handling this? How are you doing these days? You know, it's, I think it's been, um, it, it, there's been seasons and within this season, right? Um, so I think when we initially jumped in, um, you know, two, three weeks into like what I've been calling a hardcore quarantine, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm going to make it. Um, just kind of like seeing like the, the four walls, right? All, all the time and, you know, changing to that office environment to being, to being home. Um, but, you know, you persevere and, um, and, and like, you know, Dr. Jensen was saying, I mean, there's still work to be done. Um, I, I still have goals, whether it be, you know, personally or, or professionally, and um, you just pivot and, you, you know, you, you figure it out. Um, there were some things that was a little bit more of a, a learning curve, right? Like I said, you know, with my son being, you know, virtually, that was, uh, you know, a learning curve for both my husband and I. And, um, you know, um, the summer was a, a little bit different. Usually, you know, we're, we're used to them being at summer camp and, you know, all of those things. And, you know, they were home with us every day, all day. <laughs> but, you know, with that being said, I think this is the um, the most that we've really ever spent together as a, as a family, whether it was you know, done in, intentionally or, or not, right? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I think we've learned a lot about, you know, ourselves as a family or, or ourselves, you know, individually or, you know, our children. And, and, and there has been moments where it's been really, really fun, you know? You know African-American community, you know, one of the things that was, uh, you know, in most homes was like to have dinner together, every night, dinner together, right? Mm -hmm. and now you're talking about breakfast, lunch, and dinner, yeah. and <laughs> all these other things together. Yeah, and, and, and you know, we initiated a little bit of, you know, right. a little bit of that, and we utilize yeah. our backyard a lot more, <laughs> you know, so, you know, we, we did things, and um, it allowed me to, you know, um, be a little bit more strategic, I guess, so to say, and, you know, you know, what I was doing, when I was doing it, how I was doing it, um, kind of, you know, I guess reassess the the priorities too, right? Um, some more. So yeah, there there were seasons where I was like, okay, I'm ready for it to be back to whatever normal we could get back to. Um, and then there were, you know, seasons where I'm like, okay, you know, um, we're doing good. We're doing good. Like we can do this. You know, we, we were able to, you know, manage, be flexible, adapt, uh, you know, everything's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, cool, cool, cool. Fernando, what about you? I mean, it's similar. I mean, this has been a roller coaster, um, you know, in terms of, you know, not only, you know, the thing with COVID, but, you know, we have issues with, with you know, racial justice, you know, sort of mm -hmm. the ugliness of the election. Uh, you know, there, there's been a lot of things outside of our context. And since we're kind of like glue into our phones, our TVs and all sort of stuff, it's taking kind of like a bigger magnitude in terms of that. Yeah. At the end of the day, you know, I'm, I'm not going to complain. I'm, I'm, I'm one of the fortunate ones, right? I have a job, I have a roof over my head, my kids have the opportunity to continue their education. But unfortunately, I cannot say that for a lot of our, our brothers and sisters that are out there uh, struggling. Mm -hmm. and the struggle is real. And I think, you know, sometimes we, we, we tend to forget 
about the ones that don't have the resources, right? Uh, and you know, one of the most powerful countries in the world. I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of, it, it makes you pause, right? Uh, and for me, it's been, you know, what, what am I doing uh, really to make a change, right? Mm. Uh, how can I use this bubble that I have here as a university professor uh, to make change, right? And, and I think, you know, I think, you know, in a sense, you know, bringing sort of the issues of, of, of Puerto Ricans in the election here uh, was, was one of the ways to do it, right? Yeah, step out of that box and, and give that side. And, and that was amazing, right? Uh, we, I had interviews from Sweden, Spain, uh, all the major networks in the United States, Puerto Rico, all the way through, right? But right. kind of like trying to change, you know, what, what is it, you know, our, my mission, uh, not only as a university professor, but as, as a human being, you know, how can I make this world a little bit better? Because there continues to be challenges, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, I'm, I'm like everybody else, you know, I, I wouldn't recommend 2020. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to give it a low rating. <laughs> wait, I mean, wait a minute, come back. You wouldn't recommend, like, we wouldn't go back to 2020 or a redo, a redo? Uh, let, let, let's do a redo, right? Uh, uh, redo. Probably uh, in terms of that. But at the same time, you know, you have open, opened the, 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 the opportunity uh, to talk about things that perhaps we didn't want to talk about, uh, being exposed to things that perhaps we thought we had resolved. Mm -hmm. uh, and now we have a great opportunity kind of like to push forward, see what can we do uh, in terms of that. I think in those, in all areas of life is, is sort of a, a good break uh, in a sense to pause and rethink what, what we're doing yeah. as a society. I'm excited about the future, especially for the Office of Diversity and Inclusion. I'm, I'm excited about what we're gonna be able to do. And when we come back together, I think uh, we've been doing things um, remotely, but uh, when I think that we have the leadership at, on our campus that really supports us really delving into what this means. Um, you said, you know, the, the, you know, it's like a double pandemic, right? What's been happening because of the COVID situation, but also what's been happening in black and brown communities. Um, I feel an energy. I mean, even stuck at home, I feel an energy about change on the horizon. You know, I think, like you said, the election has helped with that in regards to that, um, in that, we, we have to want better for all of us, not just for a certain few, but for all of us to be able to have um, access to the things that just make life more, um, you know, amenable, I guess, to all individuals. You know, you said, you know, there's people with food insecurities, there are people who are losing their homes and, um, and out in the street and, and doing things that, you know, that this pandemic has caused, right? It's really kind of brought to our eyes the disparities that are happening throughout. And, not, and not just in certain communities, but throughout, right? And, and what are we going to do about it now that we see it, now that it's been exposed? And uh, I'm excited about what we can do. We, we just can't sit on it, right? We, we can't allow it to then become a thing of the past. Now that we have this momentum, I think in black and brown communities, people are now woke. Um, we can't go back to sleep. Um, with regards to that, your thoughts, what's going on with you when you hear that from me? No, you know, I, I completely agree, you know, in, in another role at the university, right, I serve, on, you know, on the executive board for the uh, Black faculty and staff. I'm, I'm the uh, president this year. And, um, you know, when, and it, May was a heavy time, May, right, May, beginning of June. 
it, it was a heavy time, but I, I do agree, Dr. Butler, it was something different, you know, in, in that particular, you know, again, season, right? There was something different about it, um, where, um, and due to technology, right, we, we were able to- Yeah, that eight minutes and 46 seconds. Exactly, exactly. Lot. You know, others were able to view, right, what has been um, said, for decades right. and actually lay their eyes on it um, over and over and over again, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that brought for some uh, a different perspective. Right. Um, and I think to couple that with this election year, right? Um, as well as the things going on in the pandemic, um, I think forced um, people to have to consider other perspectives and um but it, it, you know i totally agree it, it was something it was something different within that and our and because it was something different responses i feel like have to be different as well so right. Right. i think you know when i look at this overall context one thing that i find um you know really promising is that that our overall community still sees the value of education when you know Dr. Butler, you know I'm big into numbers and I have a lot of different data that I pay attention to on a regular basis, on a daily basis. Um, and when I look at the graduate population here at the University of Central Florida, we went up in enrollment in fall 2020. So, you know, we're now at um, 10,490 odd students, right? That's up from last year. So what it tells me is that people didn't step, stop and say, oh, I'm not going to school anymore. It's too uncertain in the environment. I don't know what's gonna happen. There's nothing good happening out there in the world. Right. But if everybody had no sense of hope, they wouldn't go to education because education is a place of hope. It's right. a place where people can, can, can and have opportunities at both social and economic mobility on, on a whole bunch of different levels. One of the things that, that I have started to track at the grad school level is, although it's self-reported, um, on the application for graduate school, we asked people if they're a first time in college person. Um, and there were, um, for fall of 2020, 38% of all, all applicants to, to grad programs at UCF uh, reported as first time in college people. These are people that are starting new narratives about their families, about their histories, about their culture, um, who are coming to school and saying, I'm not stopping at a bachelor's degree because there's more for me. There's more opportunities out there um, for me to progress as an individual, but also, like I said, progress the narrative of my family. And I thought that was a really telling story um, about what's happening in our community and how people are seeing the value of education as a means to both educate themselves, but then to use that as a force of change, um, both within their local communities and within their own uh, social or religious communities. Uh, so that, that I think that's a really promising story, as it, especially as it relates to UCF. Excellent, excellent. So listen, we're coming at the end of our hour and I just wanted to kind of maybe ask one last question of you all in regards to the new year coming on. Um, we, uh, we have so much to be thankful for, I think, um, that, we, that we're living or breathing. And, you know, I know that I have had COVID affected my life um, with relatives and friends and family and stuff like that. But as we look forward to the new year, is there anything, maybe, you know, a favorite thing 
um, that you're looking forward to? Uh, I know you said you like to travel, Fernando. Um, so is there a favorite thing that you're looking for? I won't ask you for a New Year's resolution because you know, I don't know how long those last, um, but is there something um, that in 2021 that you have um, on your mind that you hope comes to pass? Anything? I, I think, I mean, I mean I, I'm, I'm very hopeful and grateful and I'm such in amazement of this new generation of students. Uh, you know, it's, 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 you know, we've sort of, sometimes complain, but I see it kind of like my own kids, my my high school kid, you know, they didn't get to have graduation or prom or anything like that, right? There was sort of March ended and that was it. That was that was your school career ended one day from the <laughs> other, right? No, right? no coming back. No, I mean, there was a ceremony later on and all some stuff, but I think we're, I, I think I'm very hopeful and, and, and just feel very privileged. And what I wanna see through is continue to, uh, to learn from this new generation of, of students coming in at UCF and sort of very humble to guide their process and learning from them. I right. think, you know, it, it just, you, you sort of, I, I'm, I want to cherish a little bit more uh, what they have to give me uh, in terms of their life experiences, their resiliency, and their hopefulness for the future, right? And, and I think that 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 is a driving mechanism for a new year that I'm going to continue to push uh, forward with. Good. We'll have to send you some work study students to help you too. So you're not just that one man operation over there. So uh, that's another way we can help utilize the students to get benefit for them and for you as well. Uh, okay. Courtney, I heard you see you coming in. Yeah. Um, I think for me, I'm, I'm, I'm just excited for uh, myself as well as my family and just evolving, right? You know, we, we've learned so much this year. Um, you know, for me, you know, career development is what I do. I love it. I know a lot of um, individuals have, you know, you know, struggled with this year with, you know, job loss. Um, you know, you know, we had the social injustices. So, you know, for me personally, I, you know, I've decided to, you know, you know, move my educational goals forward and um, potentially, you know, you know, pursue, uh, pursue a doctorates and kind of pull together some of the things that I've just been reflecting on this year in relationship to social justice and career development and career mapping um, in relationship to being culturally intentional in career mapping. So um, I am, you know, and again, I, you know, I'm, I'm grateful um, for, you know, things not, you know, and humbled for things not stopping for, you know, myself and my family this year, but want to make sure that we move forward um, and, and assist and, and, and help and continue to educate. So. Excellent. Excellent. Well, so, I'm going to keep pushing you then, you know, this doctor is going to happen, right? It's going to definitely happen. Yeah, it's been a whole discussion for a while now. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's going to happen. Into action. Excellent. That's going to be your action plan. Dr. Jensen, bring us home. Yeah, I'll just be real quick on this one. Um, so for me, I'm in 2021. I'm looking forward to and hoping that we can be uh, maskless. I miss uh, smiles. I miss walking around. It just seemed like, you know, we, we still have to go to grocery stores and, and sometimes we're fortunate to go to a restaurant or something like that. And I miss uh, the, the well, I, I dislike the seriousness of how we have to interact with one another. We can yeah. kind of a little bit more relaxed and casual. So yeah. I hope we can get back to that and, and being able to see people smile or frown or laugh, whatever the case may be. 
Let's oh, see, you can see the twinkle in the eye with the smile, right? The twinkle in the eye is not enough. We need the twinkle <laughs> in the eye and the smile. Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you. Thank you all so much for being a part of today's podcast and just kind of bringing some levity and some light and, and some trying times. And so UCF is going to get through this because we got three shining stars right here who are, who are helping to make UCF's mission um, to be more diverse and more equitable um, happen. And so we're really excited about that. And so I thank you all for being here with me today. Um, our next show is going to be on actually on New Year's Day. Um, and so we're going to be dropping that show. And on January 6th, we're going to have a special episode talking about the vaccine with Dr. Michael Dykin. And I'm really excited about that. He's going to come and talk about some of the myths, some of the things I wanted to talk with him about is just how uh, black and brown communities are going to be dealing with, you know, the access to this virus. And, you know, there are a lot of people who are, um, have some trepidation to um, taking the, the virus um, vaccine. So we want to just make sure that we get some proper information out there to the community, UCF and the beyond. And so um, I want to give special thanks to the foundation's office for helping us be a partner with this um, MOD, Matters of Diversity with Dr. B. And so um, we're going to check out for today, but I'm wishing you all um, an exciting new year. And so as you celebrate 2021 coming in, I hope that it's really one of those experiences where you have some relief, right? That relief of recognizing that it's gonna be a new year, a new horizon, and we're gonna just, we're gonna fight through whatever has been on our minds through 2020 and do it really good in 2021. So thank you and um, have a great rest of the day. Thank you. Thanks for listening to our show, which is brought to you by UCF Foundation. This has been Matters of Diversity with Dr. B.